Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Syracuse takes care of business on the road in Tallahassee. We'll give you our quick thoughts on that game. I know we're late. And the Orange will host NC State this Tuesday at 7 o'clock in the Dome. We'll preview that game for you as well. And we missed another game. We know. Uh, busy. Trying to get the Valentine's Day festivities done before Valentine's Day. So Joe and I both had plans. Joe had plans Thursday. I had plans Friday. So here we are. Okay? Just be happy Sorry, we're guys. here. Or maybe don't. Uh, I don't know. So uh, Syracuse off to a slow start in Tallahassee. Missed a lot of open shots. It was like the brick fest and for both teams. Really, and you know, would they take a? What were they down five or six going into half? Something 35, like that. Thirty-five twenty-nine. Thirty-five twenty-nine. Okay, so they come out, and uh, they had a problem with the lob early in the first half, or for some of the first half for McLeod, and you know, once they figured that out, they pretty much just had to. You know, Joe Gerard came to life and. He was five for eight from three. That is awesome. They out rebounded him. Uh, eventually, out rebounded him. I should say. Didn't look good in the first half. So, a good, a good um, second half leads them to victory. Uh, a, a really good job on second chance points and with nineteen, and also um, points off of turnovers. So they turned to, I think twelve turnovers into nineteen points or something like that. It's pretty good. So. Um, I was, yep. you know, I mean, look, it was a game they had to win. And, you know, when you are talking quad three games at this point in the season, those are all must wins. And, um, you know, Florida State didn't have a ton of fans there, <laughs> which was great. But, um, you know, they're kind of having a, a rough go. So. Uh, I guess it's hard to get some fans in there, but anyways, I, obviously, I think that that helps Syracuse. Plus, there's some Syracuse fans in there. They made they made a little bit of noise, but um, to, to come back and out rebound too was tremendous and um, just a great game. Chris Christopher Bell had a pretty good game, and he had some fouls like bang, bang, bang fouls. Yeah, towards the end of the game, but he had a, he had a good game though. He had a really good game. Well, yeah, I mean, he shot a bunch. Went one and nine from three, which coach you know he mentioned in, in his presser that you know he he rarely 
does that. He said he guess he the worst he would do is three, three or four. four. Yeah. So, uh, but he did have six rebounds. So he had a block. Um, he was a fourth starter in double digits, and you know we got sixty points from the guys we needed. I mean, Joe Girard, you know, Judah, Joe, and, and Jesse had sixty points combined, and then. If we, you know, win rebounding and turnovers are close and um, those guys put up, you know, combined 60 points, it's going to be tough to to beat us. Yeah. And, you know, not not great from behind the arc as a team, 28 percent, 29 percent. So, yep. but um, winning the ones they should with opportunities ahead. And that's kind of the focus. Obviously, you know what's on the schedule. Coach did a uh, coach did a, a pretty lengthy press conference too. There's there's um you know I didn't put a montage together just because I'm not going to talk about a game in depth. Right here, you know, three four days separated from it, but um, a um, a pretty decent day in ACC basketball yesterday. Except for I was rooting for Clemson against UNC. And they got smoked. That was kind of a surprise to me. North right. UNC is kind of one of those teams. It's like you just don't know really how what you're going to get when you play them. They could be mm-hmm. be tremendous, or they could just struggle. Yeah. And uh, they were great against Clemson, but um, you know NC State hanging tough in there, and and obviously the Duke Virginia game, so the controversial call at the end. <clears throat> I only saw it for or at the end of regulation. I should say I only saw it like. A quick second after, after the the late game last night, and I mean, obviously, I see why it was controversial. Let's just put it that way. But you know what? <laughs> 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 you know what though? Uh, look, it, they could they could take one on the chin. Okay, just th- them as an organization. Just no one in particular. But I I'm just know, saying, but dude, Duke can tough. take it on the chin. Look, man, these things I happen. I can watch it. I know, I know they do, right? But at the end of the day, you're talking about a situation where they called the foul. And then reversed it. And then reversed it. And yeah. even when they slowed it down, it's like, okay, two guys hit the guy's arm. And yeah. then they were talking about, well, did he get foul? You know, maybe they followed him after, you know, the, the, the clock was ran out. See, I didn't hear uh, all this analysis. Go on. So go on. I only saw yeah. it. And so then they slow it down, and he clearly got fouled at .2 seconds. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, they stopped it, they showed it, they called a foul and they still reversed it, which is just, it's wild to me. That's, I don't know. That's, that was the game to me. So, um, realistically it doesn't really matter because both those teams will end up being quad ones anyway, but oh, rough way to lose me. It's a rough way to lose, but you know what? It's good that they feel it a little bit. It's been years. Let's be honest. And then the late game with uh, Louisville and Miami last night, that was a pretty good game until it wasn't. But it was it was really winding down when Miami finally finally kind of scooted away with that. But Louisville almost almost upset them. It, it yeah, was, it was close. It was close. So, anyways, um, a good a good uh, a good day in in basketball. I didn't get to watch a ton of games, but. They're, I mean, they're most of them are pretty good, except for the UNC Clemson one. That was the biggest stomping of the day. So yeah, I expected that game to be. Well, I don't know. NC State all. beat Boston College at Boston College by thirty. Oh yeah, that's right, ninety-two, sixty-two. Which I'm glad yeah, they got right. that out of their system. 
<laughs> yeah. So, and I was, you know, I was thinking too, uh, NC State, let's, let's do NC State right now, but NC State has not lost two games in a row yet this year, which is kind of a, you know, I mean, that says okay. something. So for them to come out and stomp Boston College, that's part for the course for them as the, as the season goes. So... Uh, the all-time series between Syracuse and NC State sits at 11-6 and six in favor of Syracuse. The Orange is currently on a four-game win streak dating back to January 31st of 2021. The last time the two teams met uh, last year at NC State, Syracuse won 89-82. Gerard, Buddy, Edwards, Swider, and Jimmy are starting five. Swider and Edwards both with 19 points. NC State currently sits at 20 and 6, 10 and 5 in the ACC where they are slotted in the fifth in fifth place there amongst the ACC members. Uh Smith, who currently leads the Wolfpack in scoring with 18 and a half points a game, 4.6 assists a game and one in about two steals a game. And then our Jarkel Joyner, a former transfer from Cal State Bakersfield to Ole Miss, to NC State, fifth-year senior. He's right behind Smith and scoring with uh, about 16 points a game. And possibly the biggest transfer, maybe literally, I'm, I'm talking 6'9", 275-pound senior DJ Burns, transferred to, uh, to NC State after three years with Winthrop. He's averaging 12 points a game, but he's just a mountain um, down low, and he's, he's huge. He looks like a freaking lineman. Uh, they have a few guys that can shoot the three. They're, they're, you know, Smith being one, Joyner, and then Casey Marcel. He's hitting 45% of his shots. Smith with 34% of his shots, and Joyner, Joyner hitting 35% of his. Uh, the Wolfpack is averaging 79 points a game, shooting 45% from the field, 35, call it 36% from behind the arc, and 72% from the free throw line. So NC State is currently 34th in the net rankings, and that makes this a quad two game at home uh, and another opportunity to, to try to seize Syracuse right now. One in three in quad two wins, okay? Um, they bumped up to six and two in quad three after the win against the Seminoles, but an opportunity at home to take out a... A superior team, let's be honest, it'd be a huge upset to be able to do so. I think NC State is the only ACC team left that is ranked. Is that right? Unfo- well, well um, no, Virginia. UVA. Yeah, 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 UVA. Um, so those two. Because Clemson dropped out, um, which is unfortunate for them because they were cruising. So uh, anyway, Joe, I'm always concerned with the big guy. Uh that being DJ Burns, um, the guy's just a, a powerhouse and, you know, way bigger than Jesse. Jesse tends to struggle with guys of this mass. So um, that's that's my issue. That and, you know, the fact that you've got this Casey Marcel who's hitting 45% of his shots from distance. And he's not just taking a few. He's, he's taken over 100. So uh, pretty good. Pretty good shooter. A couple great shooters. Some tremendous athletes on this team. And... Yet an opportunity for a quad two win. And I don't know. What do you think? How do you see it? Yeah, I mean, I just, just NC State's been tough, um, tough pretty much all year. I know that in the beginning, they weren't looked at as that great because it didn't look like they had that great of a, you know, non-conference schedule. 
Um, and then they kind of just went on a little bit of a run, and they, you know they beat Duke at Virginia Tech and Miami like three games in a row. Um, so yeah, when you look at it, they had a little spurt, and then there was some stuff with I think North Carolina. I believe that was the game that Turquavion Smith got hurt. He came back, and they beat Notre Dame, Wake Forest, Florida State, Georgia Tech, BC. I mean, there's when you when you take a look at the little stretch there in between their loss to Clemson and North Carolina, they beat some good teams. And then other than that, I mean, they've just been they've been winning the games they're supposed to. Um, they started off not so great in the beginning in the ACC because they lost to um, Pitt and Miami. Um, but again, Duke game's a big game. I think they beat Georgia, uh, Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech when Hunter Couture is out, and then they beat Miami at home by two. So um, they have better wins than us, obviously more wins than us. They've yeah. put themselves in a position. But again, like we spoke and like what Jim Beheim likes to talk about is this is, um, you know, this is a an older, more experienced team. You know, you mentioned uh, Joiner from Mississippi. Uh, he's a senior. Casey Morsell, I mean, he's a senior, but that was a guy that he, he transferred from Virginia originally, and he's been yeah, at NC right. State. He's been at NC State for the last two years, so he's, um, you know, good defensively and shooting wise. And then Turquavian Smith is, um, you know, mature above his years. Is is a, is a true freshman last year. Um, you mentioned DJ Burns. He's a load in there, yeah, but. Um, the one thing you want to look at is that, you know, he's never this year is the most minutes he's ever averaged um, per game. And he's at 22, 23 minutes a game. Yeah, he's so only at 12 g- points, too. It's just the, it's the foul factor. Right. And and we talked about McLeod being kind of the same type of guy, but set seven, four. We, you know, there it well, presents yeah. a small issue. And I hope that, you know, Jesse, we've seen Jesse, you know, he's gotten better with hands straight up and doing you know the rules of vert- verticality um and this is definitely yeah. something he's got to do for the, with this guy because yeah. um he's wider than you he's gonna have, have his space he's gonna get his shot up jesse's it's got just, the the length though on him he's he's got the length but he has to make sure that he stays straight up and just makes his shot more difficult yeah it's not he doesn't got the length to come down and block every shot because he's going to use his body and he's going to get him in foul trouble so that's what we need. He just needs to stay straight up and down, straight up and down. Don't let this guy get you in foul trouble and make his shots harder to, to make realistically. Um, when he does come out, they do have um, Ebenezer Douna. And um, he's 6'11", 225 um, junior. Um, the other starter they have, Greg Gant, he is a 6'8", 215-pound uh, forward um, transfer from Providence. And then they also have a um, 6'9 sophomore, Ernest Ross, that comes off the bench uh, alongside with uh, freshman LJ Thomas is another guard you might see. And then Jack Clark is a uh, transfer from LaSalle, who's a 6'8", 200-pound guy. Uh, I wonder if we see him because he's been in and out of the lineups. But um, Tequavion Smith, 6'4", Marcel, 6'3", Joyner, 6'1". That's three guards there. Uh, So that gives Chris Bell, a guy like that, you know, a little bit of a, a height advantage to get the shots over him. And uh, you wonder what's going to, you know, happen with that. You know, um, Marquis uh, Malik Brown is taller than Greg Gant. So we're going to have a little bit of a height advantage. So you wonder if they're going to come with some some different lineups uh, to kind of go against the uh, the height or whatever. But I think you're absolutely right. This is a team that I think is most likely going to get um, kind of lulled to sleep with the three-pointers, and they're going to make some. And Hopefully they don't shoot 50% like they did against Boston College on, uh, yesterday. But um, 
you want it to be more like like last game. You know, you you said you know you mentioned that we shot twenty eight twenty eight point six percent from the three. Well, Florida State, you know, we went six to twenty one. Florida State they shot twenty five point seven percent and they shot thirty five threes. Darren Green Jr. shot seventeen alone. With Caleb Mills yeah, we, going one, yeah, we knew Green was it was a problem, and that's his thing. That's what he does. Yeah, but five of seventeen, yeah. So realistically, I see another game where you know they're going to try to get it to Burns and stuff like that. But it's at home. It, it's in the dome. The you know the, the you hope that the uh, depth perception to the rim is a factor. Maybe a lot of these kids coming in here has have never been to the dome. He can't simulate the dome, so there's that. That's an advantage for sure. Not just being home, but having guys, new guys, come in, too. Yeah. So, but between between Terquavion Smith, Marcel, and Joiner um, yesterday against Boston College, they shot I think what was was that twenty seven threes combined. So we're gonna see that. It's just you know, can we spread that out? Can we make them go inside? How are they gonna handle getting the ball in the middle? Who's gonna handle all that? So. Um, it's just going to be interesting because honestly, these are a lot of new faces. You know, it's our first time seeing Gant and Burns Jr. and Joiner, and uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that zone. I mean, I just some it's hard because you don't want to come out and be like, oh, they're not as good as their like record shows or whatever. But like, they're a solid team. But when you look at their their ACC schedule, it looks a little weakish, and um, the only difference really is, is that they've got a couple wins. I mean, if this, I think we'd be very comparable to them if we had a couple of our other wins, and then maybe we you know, obviously didn't. They didn't they're, lose any bad non-conference games. Their only non-conference loss came against Kansas, Kansas and they actually yeah. played them pretty well. Yeah, and so, also too, when you look at their the games that they lost in the ACC, being what Miami, UNC, and Virginia, and Pitt, Pitt Pittsburgh, Miami, Clemson. And Clemson. North Carolina, Virginia. So, so all, all all those teams are at the top, right? <laughs> so so uh, they don't have a bad loss. Really. No, they don't. They don't have a bad loss. In in we'd f- probably be their worst loss if we beat them. We would definitely be their worst loss. And <laughs> you you said they're winning the games they should. I could argue maybe North Carolina. They probably should have, would have, could have won that game. But um, everybody has their day. But um, it's a tough team. I mean, it's they're fit, sitting fifth in the in the ACC right now. Did you see? Did you happen to notice where Syracuse is in the ACC standings? Yes, and tied we're with tied North with Carolina Duke and North Duke. Carolina. Is that crazy or what? And uh, what it, we're tied for seventh place with those two guys, those two teams. So, um, I mean, when you really look at it, Syracuse has got some bad losses early in the year. But we've been doing the same thing. We've been winning the ones we should. It's just we haven't capitalized on anything yet. So this would be huge for that, especially with Duke losing. And then, you know, UNC, like I said, they're so hit or miss, man. They could lose at any point in time, too. And, you know, we're right there. We're right, we're right there. If you, if you really want to put it into perspective with a bunch of games left and hopefully an upset or two in there because they're going to need it. I mean, at this point, we're not mathematically out of anything, but my goodness, man, you can't keep continuing losing quad one and two games. We're one in eight in the quad one and quad two sectors. So that's... Well, we got five more, so, right? Um, Are you talking five more games altogether? 
What do you? No, talking? I thought it was six. Right, six more games altogether, but five more. Yeah, six uh, quad games, one and quad yeah. two, right? The only one we don't have that's uh, that's out of there would be Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's a quad three. Yeah. So. NC State and Wake Forest are quad twos, and then Duke, Clemson, and Pitt are quad ones. So these next four games, next four games, and we can't lose. I mean, the last two games we got to win. It's just the bottom line. You can't lose a Georgia what Tech if, at home. What if you and, lose these next four and you win? You win the last two. Well, that doesn't help us at all, right? No. So we no. we got to have an NC State and a and a Clemson, maybe hopefully an NC State and a Pitt. Um, Duke I'll, too, by the way. They're they're kind of iffy game to game as well. Just not as much, I don't feel like, as North Carolina. I've watched more North Carolina games th- this year, though, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's just they they, have, they struggled, without a doubt. I mean, Filipowski, who was one of the biggest guys, the guy that got fouled yesterday, I don't even know if he had five points yesterday. So he just had a horrible game. He's in line. He's in the running probably with freshman of the year with Judah Mintz in the ACC. Um, but the next two games are at home, man. Uh, it, Saturday, yeah. uh, Saturday at 6 p.m., Against Duke, and then a seven o'clock, you know, Tuesday night uh, on Valentine's Day at NC State. It's a perfect date for anybody out there that has the uh, time and the money on Valentine's Day and Tuesday to go down to the dome and and help cheer on a win. But um, we're at fifteen and ten. You know, you you win these next two games, just a quad two and a quad one game, uh, and you're seventeen and ten. I think that we're talking a little bit differently about this team uh, a week from today. Filipowski had zero points against UVA, and he averages about 15. There you go. So there you go. Zero points. Um, All right. So let's do this. Uh, We were both really close on our – you were extremely close uh, on the Syracuse wins against Florida State 76-67. I had 72-67, and you had 75-65. So, oh, wow. Those are some good <laughs> some good predictions right there. Yeah. Not bad. All right, let's see. Uh NC State show. I look, I'll just go first real quick. I um I, you know I feel like out of the next 4 this would be one of the tougher of the bunch. I I just want anything can happen, but I got to be realistic here. I don't know if I don't know if Syracuse can pull this off. Well, put it this way. I know they could pull it off. Question is, is will they? I just don't know. And I'm, you know, there's a couple things that concern me in the, in the, um, the, you know, experience and athleticism of NC State is one of those. And so I think it's going to be close. I do, but I, I don't think, I don't know if Syracuse can, can pull it off. So with that said, I know everybody hates when I pick against Syracuse. I hate when I pick against Syracuse too. Sometimes it's a catch twenty two. So it's a it could be a a win win. Either they win and I'm wrong or I was right and they lose. I'd much rather have them win, but I'm just saying. Um look, I think I think Syracuse loses a close one. I think it's gonna be a heartbreaker. It's gonna be maybe one where they they keep it close all the way through and even take the lead and in, in, in maybe just in Syracuse fashion per this year lose it late I'm going to say 77 76 NC State yeah well it's going to be interesting to see what this NC State team has learned from some of these other teams that can that have multiple three-point shooters and they can move the ball around um 
you know, that's the one that's the one thing that scares me more than anything really is the fact that they got three very capable three point shooters. They can get hot at any time. And yeah. well, they have um, a backup to a backup in case one two aren't, right? So we're gonna have to spread out our two three zone uh pretty far to try to, you know, stop these guys. So there's going to be a lot of wanting it to get in the middle. So a lot of it's going to be on what can DJ Burns do against Jesse? Um, are they going to be able to get the ball into the free throw line and who are they going to have there? Um, it's going to be interesting because I, I, like, again, I haven't seen this whole team. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't even, I don't think I've seen NC State play at all this year. So I don't really even know what to expect. Um, a lot of it's going to come down to Jesse staying out of foul trouble and what he yeah. can do against Burns and, in the middle there, you know, they're going to get some alley-oops and everything like that. I mean, it's going to be super tough to stop both aspects of that. If Burn, you know, if Edwards getting in foul trouble or Burns is scoring down low or they're making passes for easy layups or dunks down low on the baseline and they're still getting open threes, then that could be a problem. So that's probably why NC State is in the position where they're in right now. Um, it's just the fact that they, they're very talented on offense and they have different – ways of scoring but i mean I, th- I think it's very comparable to us you know i think that jesse can get this guy in foul trouble um he's going to try to keep him away from the basket and use his physicality but um that's really going to be the matchups because i think that both teams have uh capable defenses and capable shooters from the three-point line uh, it's just you know I, there's the uh, the whole ca- caveat obviously of the whole if they get hot and shoot 50 percent from the three then we're done but um, I think a lot of it's going to come down to the it's, DJ Burns, Jesse Edwards the, matchup. Yeah, I would agree. And, and you know, the, with the three-point shooting this year, we're used to seeing Syracuse just give up the three constantly. Like, this year has been a little bit different, though, in the sense that they have shut down some pretty good three-point shooters this year. And, and you can chalk it up to a little bit of luck, but you got to have a little bit of luck, first of all, especially with those big-time shooters like Green, you know. Um, he hit five, or yeah, he hit five, but he took seventeen, and he was shooting what forty-seven percent or something huge. Um, he was he's nailing them at a clip that's just unbelievable. And so, you know, we've seen a couple of, of of deep ball shooters struggle, and I don't know what to chalk it up to. Like I said, some luck, some defense, but it's been a little bit different this year. So, um, well, I think our defense is getting a little bit better. I think, I think it's Jess, getting better. Yeah, Jesse's getting better at not following down low. Uh, Judah Mintz is really, really good at defense, and uh, he's made it difficult to get the ball at the free throw line, and he's gotten a lot of steals. He averages two per game. Is he, um, is he, he's got to be um, in, up, up there in the ACC as far as his steals, too, by the way. I don't know where, no, where you would find that, but, um, yeah, go on. I'm sorry. But, I mean, even coming down to, you know, the Malik Browns and, and the Chris Bells of the world figuring out rotations and getting the hand, their hands on the balls and stuff like that. Um, that's just, <clears throat> I think it's getting better. So it's um, a situation where just younger, younger kids getting better and they're figuring out the rotations and the in-game changes and stuff like that. I mean, all that stuff is, is, um, is getting better. So I think that that's why they're defending the three a little bit better. Um, Jesse's staying on the foul trouble a lot better. So there are multiple reasons why. But Judah is 29th in the country in steals, and he is number one in the ACC. 
Not really. Yep, for the year. So, there's that. He's excellent. He's just a scrappy go-getter. Did you hear your coach's comments on, on Judah and kind of the learning curve and all that during the last oh, presser? Yeah. I found it very interesting. So, if you haven't listened to the last presser, it's um, most of the 15 minutes is, is worth it. And they talks about Judah and, you know, he's just a competitive spirit. I, th- I think you can really tell when Coach likes. He likened the relationship between him and Judah to him and Derek Coleman, which I think is great because they, just the competitive spirit and the, and the hard-headedness, you know, and, and just, the, just the, with how much energy and um, passion they both play with. Uh, I, th- I really think Coach... He I, he loves Judah. You could tell when he when he really really likes a player. You can you really can. And I think Judah's that guy. I think Judah's a special special talent. Oh, I mean, he knows to me. He knows you know what the deal is with that. He knows yeah. how good he is. So yeah, exactly. Uh, Judah is a special special talent. And you know, for those who say, oh well, coach can't recruit. Yeah, we'll eat it because Judah's potentially better than what was he a four star? I mean. At least that's what they had him at coming in. He's been excellent, excellent, excellent. And I know he's had some small issues, but like Coach said, when he when he when he gets coached and he goes out and does what he's getting coached on in the game, he's successful. It's when he it's when he has that hard headed competitive attitude where he just uh, where he struggles. So he'll learn. He's a smart player and extremely talented. Like I said. Yeah. So um, all right. Even looking at these stats in the ACC, right? Like. I mean, you can tell that we're competitive just by, I mean, if you were to look at this, right? Joe Girard just broke into the, he's fifth in the league in points per game. He's fourth in the league in three-pointers per game. Uh, Jesse Edwards is second in the league in rebounding, first in blocks, and Judah's first in steals. So, I mean, the only real top category that we don't have anybody in the top five is is assists. Jesse's, so, Jesse's fifth, fifth in the country in blocks. Oh, yeah. He's he's a defensive force down there when he stays out of foul trouble. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, with that said, like I, I think home's going to help us. Um, I think that we keep it up. We know that this is a very important game, and uh, I, I got Syracuse seventy-two seventy. Okay, okay. I mean, I like it. I hope you're right. No, me too. Um, we need it. We will see. Yeah, we need it. We do. We need it, and um, like I said, we got to get a couple of these coming through to even be, to even be bubble material. But like you said, this you know, it's a couple of those early games in the season that really kind of hurt us big time. Yeah. Quad three. Oh yeah, losses. I mean the, you, the two yeah, quad you, three losses. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at the standings, I mean, our we would have the exact not 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 saying that we'd have the same strength of schedule as Duke, and that we'd have the same metrics and ratings but we'd have the same exact record right now 17 and 8 and we'd be in a way better position and we'd so be again, undefeated in quad three games you take those yeah. the, the what was it um, we wouldn't have lost a quad three or quad four game all year yeah so yeah that helps too and we do have the road games that work in our favor um we are i think yeah over we've been great on the road we've been great on so, the road i think coach coach mentioned that too in his presser you know he can, you know right. we've, we've got some quality road wins this year yeah so i mean that's what makes me feel like we have a little bit of confidence you know when it comes down to clemson um and pitt coming up so pitt's one i want revenge on big time 
Oh, absolutely. But that's what the fourth game from now, right? So, like, like I said, we're still not in a – like, I, I saw, what, a Noons magician or something, something that said – I think the head of the article was like – I don't know if it was Noons or if it was Orange Fizz, or, but it was said, you know, is Syracuse still on – on um, like or in the situation of making the NIT or something like that, like questioning whether or not we're going to make the NIT. And it's, and then I just, I don't know. Like, I still don't even think we're in a situation where we're not, like we have six more games. We're 15 and 10. It'd be hard for me to believe that we wouldn't be on bubble if we won six straight and went 21 and 10. Um, that would give us uh, 14 and six in the ACC. We'd have a, a really good um, position in the ACC tournament. And that's still a possibility. Uh, the only reason that people don't think it is is because we haven't gone on a run and we haven't beaten good teams like that. So um, we're 15 and 10, and we have NC State and Duke at home, and then at Clemson the next three games. If we go three and zero in those three games, and I know that's a big if. Yeah, it's a huge if. But if we go three and zero in those games, then, like I said, they're talking differently about this team. Yeah, You'd be absolutely. 18, and, 18 and 10 with three more games, and you're talking about you just picked up two quad one wins and a quad two win. And one of the quad one win was on, at, on the road, which gives you your sixth league road um, road game win. So, I mean, the games are right there. They're still yeah. a mathematical possible. I mean, obviously, you can always win the tournament, right? But there's still a situation where you don't have to win the tournament, maybe win one or two games in the ACC tournament and then still get a bid um, based upon what you did in, in the regular season. Yeah. No, I mean, one game at a time. That's where I'm at. Yeah, it's, yeah it is one game at a time, but like realistically, that's where we're at. Yeah. Um, all right, real quick, it's Super Bowl Sunday, Joe. What, what do you got? Do you care? Are you like me where you're like freaking Kansas City? I'm a Kansas City hater. And, um, you know, the Eagles are just the Eagles to me. I'm sure you hate them more than I do. I could take mm. them or leave them. But it's not about, for me, it's not about See, that's a who I want to win. It's about who I want to lose because I have no money on this. So I don't even, we don't, I don't even, normally we do squares at work. We didn't do any. I don't know why. I guess just time slipped away. Yeah. But, um, that's that's the fun thing about the squares is you don't really have to the only skin in the game is the score right it doesn't matter who has it so for for me for me it's for me it's just i just want kansas city to lose um i'm i'm i i am i am always like the one who's who's hating the guy on the high horse and the guy on the high horse is patrick mahomes you know back when jimmy johnson won five nascar championships in a row it's like i couldn't stand you know you just can't stand that guy that's me um, I can't stand that guy. So, okay. anyway, go Eagles. Does it change? Huh? Yeah, it, Does change. it change. Yeah, it changes. So this isn't because they're in the same. No, 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 no. It, it, like for the team, that never changes. I don't ever root for anyone in my division to win a Super Bowl or a playoff game or anything. The only time I'm rooting in my division is if I need them to win a game for something. Yeah, but to they're happen. not in your division. Kansas City is. Oh, I thought you were a Bills fan. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, the former me. The oh, former. okay. All right. Well, <laughs> see, so it's I tough thought that's where you were going. So it's tough because in certain sports, like even even in, like the NCAA tournament, right? Like I like to, for instance, if Syracuse doesn't make the tournament 
or if they do. Like, I'm cheering for the ACC teams because I, I like do to. too. I do too. That's different though. That's different though because that's that's is a, it? yeah, it is. It is for me. Uh, first of all, I never cheer for Duke or UNC in the tournament. I don't mind, but it. I like. I like seeing other ACC teams do good in the tournament, though, and it's and it's because of it's because of the ACC naysayers. Okay, it's for the people who think the ACC is overrated. Remember a couple years ago, it might even have been last year. Didn't we have two out of the four in the Final Four from the ACC when they say, "Oh, ACC's yeah. having a down year. Oh, ACC's well, down here." Uh, I think we only had like five teams that made it, and yeah. three made it to the Elite Eight. Yeah, Miami, Miami made it to the Elite Eight. They lost, and then Duke and North, Duke Carolina, and North Carolina played Carolina. in the Final Four. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, but the Big Ten had like nine or ten, and they were all out by what the thirty-two teams. Two two, <laughs> no. two teams made it to the second weekend, and then they both lost. Yeah. So it was the thirty-two round of thirty-two. Yeah. So, so well, you make it to the next if you, when once you make it past the first weekend, you're in the Sweet Sixteen. So they had two teams make it in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh, okay. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Correct. Correct. See, it's it's just tough because with me, like Washington, growing up as a, a Giants fan, Washington's just never really been a threat. So I really haven't really. They beat had the re- Bills back in the day, Super Bowl. Yeah, but after that, I mean, they pretty much haven't been a threat. No, since, uh, since then they have done nothing. And same right. with same with Dallas. They've well, done same nothing. with Dallas, but Dallas fans are obnoxious, and you love and watching them lose. Yeah, and realistically too, it's hard for me to. to it really is hard for me to to hate um, Philadelphia because I did appreciate like McNabb. Andy Reid was, was a hell of a coach, and I loved McNabb, so that was kind of a uh, tough to deal with. Um, was, uh, I hate Deshaun Kendra. Jackson, Bryant Westbrook. I mean, I hated the guys that killed us, but obviously, you know, I was a Syracuse fan and I loved Donovan McNabb, so it was tough to hate Philly too. Um, and I didn't even really mind Randall Cunningham before that. So Philadelphia really hasn't been a. Well, how could you? Their- how could you? How could you not like Randall Cunningham though? But I mean, this is what I'm saying is, is that like I as a Giants fan in my own division, if there is a team that I wouldn't root for to win the Super Bowl, it probably would be um, Dallas. So you, you're not you don't care about the other ones like I, like San Diego's never won a championship. Uh, and I hope they never do. I think it's hilarious, <laughs> you know. And then, obviously, the Broncos in Kansas City, they've both won recently. You know, Peyton Manning won not that long ago. Right. You know? So, uh, yeah, it's tough. It sucks. And realistically, too, like, I just – I don't need Philadelphia to come back next year with, like, any extra, like, motivation to try to do better, you know? Yeah, so, well, you know. And I the mean. Giants lost to them this year in the playoffs, and they're our division, so, like – it's. I could sit here and easily say, "Oh, so I'm you're rooting for Philly too?" Then I kind of want Philly to win. Okay. I kind of want Philly to win. Do you have anything uh, against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Because of, no, no, okay, no. I just think it's just a crazy dynamic because the fact of, I mean, how good Kansas City is. I don't think they were going to be able to make it here this year. Um, Andy Reid, but Andy Reid, but then Andy Reid came from Philly, right? Mm-hmm. So. A lot of things going on, and then, like I said, for Philly to win, it gives me a lot of pluses. As a Giants fan, I can say, oh, you guys, you know, you trashed on the NFC East. Three out of the four teams made the playoffs. A team in our division, the team that we lost to in the playoffs, and a team from our division was the one. So we lost to the Super Bowl champs, right? And then I think, honestly, it has a negative effect toward Philly next year because sometimes teams have that Super Bowl hangover, and sometimes once you get that Super Bowl, um, once you get that – that that first ring and sometimes that motivation changes a little bit it's probably going to be players asking for more money maybe free agent guys that now they're in a better situation to go out and get more money from another team 
So um, there's a lot of effects really where it comes down to it. So I think, I don't know. It's just in my weird world, in my head, I feel like Philly would be better next year if they lost. If they won, then I feel like they might have a Super Bowl hangover, and I'm cool with that. So Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Really, this is not the greatest matchup for me. I really not a huge fan of either one of these teams at all so well these i mean not the best teams during the regular season don't always make it to the super bowl yeah i mean my bills heartbreaker you know i honestly thought it was going to be Bengals and 49ers um i would have liked to seen the Bengals get in there i would have well they were there last year right yeah but i would have liked to be there again. again they're an exciting team to watch if you want to talk about like no bias just like in a, to watch a team, I think it's the Bengals for me. Yeah, right. Like I don't, yeah. I don't love them. I don't hate them. If they win, they win. If they don't, they don't. I was rooting for them in the playoffs. At once they once they got by the Bills, and and then you know, of course they lose. Seems like that happens to me a lot. Teams I root for lose. So I mean, to me this year it was it was. On an AFC end, it was obviously going to be either Kansas City, Buffalo, or Cincinnati. And on the e- NFC side, it was going to be Philly or San Fran, in my opinion. So, I am glad San Francisco lost. I was rooting for Philly against San Francisco. I will say that. But it was the lesser of two evils. This, that's exactly what's going on tonight, too. So, Anyways, <laughs> speaking of which, you're having a party. I'm having a... It's more uh, of like a get together. You're having a get together. I'm having, uh, you know, the kids love New Year's, Super Bowl. We do the, the finger foods, and everybody gets to pig out on, you know, some, some homemade appetizers, homemade potato skins, and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah, you're doing a what appetizers? I'm doing, uh, of course, the, of course, you got to do the little smokies, right? We got so, bacon wraps, little smokies. Okay, in the, so last right in, during um, in for for New Year's, I did the little smokies in a croissant. This okay. time I'm yeah, doing the yeah pigs in a blanket. This time I'm doing I'm doing them in the crock pot with the with the you know one part barbecue sauce, one part grape jelly thing. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. Yeah, now yeah, we're yeah. doing um, it's all brown sugar, uh, pineapple juice, and it's oh, okay. The, Little Smokies wrapped with with bacon. Nice. Okay. Well, I have to try that. You know, I guess it turns into it turns into a great little barbecue sauce. And yeah, and it does. You got the uh, toothpicks in them already. So once they're done, you just pick them out. So, yeah, that's what yep. we do. And then I'm doing homemade pizzas in the pizza oven. Okay. Got one of those little gas pizza ovens, and then um, wings. And I got crab cakes for the girls. Well, for my wife, my daughter, and my youngest son, we'll eat crab cakes. Okay. So, that's yeah. that's about it. That's a lot. It'll be a ton of food left over. We always we always do too much, and then the kids can eat it for the rest of the week. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we have uh, someone coming over, bringing a, a mac and cheese, some desserts. Oh, mac and uh, cheese is um. That's that's you know mac and cheese and chili. That's that's what I'm missing. That's what I'm missing. No, my wife well, that's put the thing. stops. So on we it. were gonna do. We did a a red sauce chili two weeks ago. We just got done doing a pasta sauce. So we're doing a, a chicken uh, white bean chicken. Uh, chili, white chicken chili. Okay. Yeah. You're so doing we're doing spicy that. style or what? Yeah, a little bit, a little okay. bit. All right. Not not too bad. So got to keep it kid friendly. But right, um, we're doing that along with a little smokies, like you said, and um, some Rotel dip. Oh, the Rotel you know, dip, half uh, Rotel, half Velveeta, with ground sausage. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, throw that out there. Chorizo? So, chorizo. Nah, it's not chorizo. It's like Italian sausage? Like <laughs> Gianelli? No, just ground. Regular sausage. Oh, just like a, just ground sausage? Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's going to be uh, that kind of stuff. I don't know if we're doing sh- shrimp or not. I'm still trying to figure that out. But well, you better get to figuring it out. Like, within the No, next... we're doing... Actually, we're doing chicken wings, too. I got... Okay. um. Some chicken wings I'm going to just toss with some buffalo when I get done. And uh, well, I got some marinating in a garlic parm sauce right now. So. There you go. I'll give you my, my chicken wing tip. Okay, because this is how I do the chicken wings. Okay, well, I, I was going to ask you that. Hold on. If you so don't have I, a smoker, if you, best way if to you don't have a smoker, the best way is still on the grill. Okay. Just re- extremely low on a cookie sheet, though. See, I do I, – so I put them all in a bag um, – Get the pre-cut ones from Wegmans. Put them in a bag. Yep. Uh, I do. I do olive oil, and then I put my seasonings in there, and I and I, you know, I mix them all around, and I sit them there. They sit overnight, right? Then I take them. I put them directly on the smoker. Smoke them for a half hour. Turn it up to two twenty-five for another half hour. Then I flip them, and then it's just two twenty-five for like another hour, hour and fifteen minutes, something like that. You can tell when they're done, and then I pull them off. And they're just, they're fall off the bone good, man. And you, and I can sauce my own. So I sauce them because not everybody likes this stuff as hot as I do. So I sauce them. Right. I sauce them afterwards. And then the other ones are just naked. Just yeah. garlic, we'll garlic t- powder. We'll toss them. Oh, you, you toss them? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'll do. I'll, I'll do it like in a frying pan, you know, yeah. get it a little caramelized. But I do uh, garlic powder. Garlic powder. Um, there's, a, there's a sweet and smoky rub. And um, a little bit of cumin. Or not cumin. Um, what do you call it? Um, cayenne. No. Um, gosh. What the hell is it? I forget. What's the Indian spice? Come on. Help me out. Come on. It's the main one. It's the main one. Anyway, it slips me. It slips me. But it's, uh, it's just three things in the, in the olive oil. It's good. Anyway. Two hours. 15 minutes, something like that. Two and a half it's not hours. Coriander, two. is it? No, it's not coriander. That's a that's a that's a like a Tur- Mexican spice. Turmeric? No, Turmeric? no. Cumin cardamom? No. 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 It's on Should the tip t- of my tongue, dude. I use it all the time. Curry. Curry. Curry powder. Curry, Curry powder. Curry okay. powder. So. So so what would be your tip just on just a grill? Uh, indirect heat, so only light one side of your grill. Indirect heat on a sheet. Go, you, you know, if you got a thermostat on there, you want to keep it around 225, 250. So, like, usually on my old grill, it was as low as possible. Indirect so, you put heat. it on a cookie sheet on the opposite side that the heat is? Yeah. And then you just turn the sheet. You, you turn the sheet, you know, 180 degrees. As you go. Yeah. As you go. Exactly and then you flip them. You can do it the same amount of time. Two hours, two and a half hours, something like that. Jeez. It's good, bro. It's good. If you don't have that amount of time. If you don't have that amount of time, you can always, honestly, you can always cook them on indirect heat. Same same way you could do 350 for, you know, I guess probably 45 minutes maybe. Indirect heat, if you're doing it right, 3, 350. Make sure you flip them and turn them. Yeah. 
But direct heat on the grill, they're just gonna stick, right? Yeah, it's just gonna it's gonna be a mess. Yeah. So yeah, keep them off of it. <laughs> See, the nice thing about something that's not the problem is a, I have too many to cook. Well, you'd be surprised to know how many you could fit on a, sh- a cookie sheet if you cram them in because they're gonna shrink. That's true. So all right, yeah, all right, I'll give it a try. Okay, all right. That was the, the I mean, we've done we've done food segments before, but that was extended. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Uh, look. Look, we appreciate all of you for hanging in there with us. And um, we'll be back. The plan is to be back on Wednesday. Uh, I don't think I have anything that's going to pop up. But it's been a struggle. Um, Just busy, busy, busy. So anyways, we appreciate all of you for hanging in there. Really, really do. Thanks for listening. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.